You're listening to the Comic Crusaders Podcast. I am your host, Al Mega, CEO of Comic Crusaders and Undercover Capes. In this show, I'm sitting down with creators from all walks of life to talk about inspiration, process, the lessons they've learned, and a whole lot more. What up, me? It is your boy, Al Mega. Welcome to a brand new Comic Crusaders podcast. And today, whoo, we got an amazing creative duo, and they're sharing one screen. Hoo-hoo! What? Let me to yo. First up, we have right El Leon Nostas, which is an award-winning Bolivian-American writer and producer, right? Executive producer and creator of the documentary Fix My Kid and a whole bunch more goodness. Then we're also going to have screenwriter, producer, and graphic novel author. I mean, he's a graduate of the MFA screenwriting program at USC and, and, and you know, a descendant of an amazing painter and more, Andrew Penza! What is poppin', mi gente? How you doing? We're doing great. What an introduction. I mean, the energy, we got to match that. Eh? Yeah, right. Yeah, we're here. The <laughs> Almega. Yeah, I'm the Almega. Hopefully you don't put the mark of death on me because this is what we're going to be talking about, folks, today. This dope, dope new project from Bliss on Tap uh, Publishing. You know, shout out you know, to Independent yes. Publishing. We're going to talk about this amazing new book. And we got a tease and all. L came up and pulled up and said, I got something for you. Oh, man, do we got some web going on in a little bit. But before all that, you know, we need to learn about these new amazing creators, right? Because they're the future of the biz, huh? I mean, both got amazing things popping off, new animated series and everything they're working on. I mean, there's mad more change going on here, folks. So, you know, <laughs> let's reel it back a little bit and uh, get to know where they're from. So first up, Al, a little bit about yourself, where you're originally from, and give me your first love and fandom. My first love. All right. So I'm Elio Nostas. I'm a Bolivian-American writer-director. Uh, I grew up all across the United States, Texas, Florida, all over the East Coast. Uh, and, you know, my first love, man. I mean, you know, it's really hard. Uh, Black Hole. I don't know if you're familiar with that graphic novel series. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah it's like this teen plague story that um, Charles Burns illustrated and wrote. And it was it's so dark and brooding. And it was the first time that I said, man, comics are so elevated. Like graphic novels can be so elevated and tackle incredibly serious subjects. And the art can transport you in ways that traditional film and television just can't. You know, you can absorb an image and look at an image. And, you know, it, it's really, as much as it, it is a writer's medium, it is really an artist's medium, you know, and the illustrations were so transformative for me. And, it, I mean, and of course, I'll throw out Calvin and Hobbes because, I mean, I can count that, I think. <laughs> well, you wow. see, I love that. The narrative is not superhero, which is it was great to show people how different, how people get in, not necessarily through a superhero book, but sometimes you... You find this cool sci-fi, you know, book mm-hmm. like, yo, what's this? Wait a minute. <laughs> well, it's huge. You know, I think a lot of people who are new to the comic space always think it's like just a superhero. But exactly. I mean, there's so many stories. There's so many incredible artists. And it is it is one of my favorite mediums, I think, that can ever exist. I mean, it's just pure art. You know? Well, that's why you guys dove into it, all right? Andrew, a bit about yourself. you yeah, I'm coming from the other side of the planet a little bit. Uh, I'm from I'm Memphis, sorry. Tennessee, originally. Um, <laughs> uh, so I'm a Southern boy. I uh, went to high school outside of D.C. My parents worked in the political sphere. Um, but the real, you know, politics are just a little too real. So escapism was uh, something that was really important in my household. 
Uh, so please uh, God, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So my first love is this is a real throwback. Was Bucky O'Hare, which was like nineteen oh eighties. Yeah, but I was reading it from very young, and that kind of the setup of that story is a young kid gets transported away into kind of like a space frigate and joins this kind of hunt for the pirates and just. The thought that like a young kid could be teleported to a new world and be a hero in that world was just, you know, to go from your your basement to like space was just such a big, cool concept to me that I was just I was in love with it from the beginning. Well, you know what, Andrew, according to the government, the likelihood is more likely nowadays, apparently. So let's see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm joining Space Force. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, I want to see these uniforms, you know, and the little laser guns, and it's really fun. I, I, I see this ridiculous cartoon in space, you know, with us up there. It'll be hysterical. I can't wait to the, they do a sitcom. So, Andrew, did you have a tribe growing up, you know, uh, within your nerddom, if you will, of Bucky O'Hare and, and then some? Or were you a lone wolf? I, you know, I had a tribe dumb and I was a big Magic the Gathering player. So I had oh, a lot okay. of friends who were in the playing card game scene. So we shared a lot of a lot of cool stuff back and forth there. But that was my tribe was like Pokemon cards, Magic the Gathering and card shops. Oh, what about you? Uh, did you have that? Did you have a tribe since you moved around so lot much, apparently? You know, uh, I tell people your tribe is where you are, right? And it's, okay. you, know, you can find a community anywhere, you know. Us Latinos, I mean, we're just like family. Come here, hug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can make. Wait, 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 wait. Let's get a beer right now. Let's go. I don't even know you, but what's up? (laughs) So it it was one of those things where I always was a nerd, but in a way, I loved every single, just everything fascinated me. So I I could fit in in any kind of group because you know, geeky nerddom, as people kind of call it, is anything. You can be nerdy and geeky about sports. You can be nerdy and geeky about anything. And so, really, it's just what gets you inspired. And so I would just find people who I just love talking to people who love what they love. There's, I mean, there's nothing better. They could talk for hours about like, oh my god, it's so good, you know. It's, it's a, the fire in their eyes. Oh right? yeah. So when you oh, see yeah. that, it, it just lights up the soul for real on, on both ends. So, um, so talk about then getting creative. How did that, you know, your love and all that, if if it was that, that led you onto a creative journey. You know, I, I watched a video from when I was six years old, and it's me dancing with a slate. And I'm just like, I'm going to go to Hollywood. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, you know, that eventually obviously happened. So, you know, I committed my life to storytelling across whatever the medium, which is whether it's telling indigenous stories, whether it's working with survivors of institutionalized abuse, whether it's making comics or whether it's, you know, whatever medium or story that excited me, it's about getting other people hyped, right? It's the fire you're talking in people's eyes. It's engendering that in someone to say, wow, I really want to, I really want to read this. I want to be a part of this and open people's eyes. You know, I think entertainment and art are synonymous to me, which is that I think any, any amazing piece of work can reach people and can be, you know, it, it can be accessed easily by others who really want to learn and grow about community. So I, I spent every single moment of my life working on art, whether it was making movies. I mean, I went to film school. That's actually where we met. And, oh, wow. uh, okay. and uh, you know, whatever it was, I was writing. I love writing. That's obviously so what is this? I, I hear this a lot. A lot of you writers go to film school. <laughs> is, this, is, is this really a thing in the community? What is it that you guys get out of film school as a well, you writer? Know, you know, honestly, I think what it was for me was we, we met at our BFA, which is a Florida State University. Shout out to the Knowles. Barry Jenkins, who, <laughs> who uh, you may have known, he also went to Florida State University. And... Um, you know, it was one of those things where 
I realized this is a place where a bunch of creative people want to make movies all the time. They just want to tell stories. And that was our curriculum. So unlike other college educations where you're learning about business or whatever, which are all super valuable, we got to make movies for four years, you know, and just immerse yourself (laughs) with a bunch of other people. And I think school connects you with like-minded individuals and it became a tribe. You know, like we were talking about people who inspire you, who you want to work with forever. And that creates a network. You know, I don't think you have to go to film school by any means. But, but like, unlike an English degree, <laughs> film school really does focus on story craft and story craft okay. as like um, a viable product too. just like in the how do you get your uh, art from this in place in your head to something that you can really share and engage other people with. And, um, I, you know, I think it goes above and beyond what a like an English degree would do in breaking down like what makes story good or what makes story compelling. And, you know, how to build those little empathy machines where people trade their time for feelings. And I think the other part is, is that, you know, when I was younger, I was like, oh, I'm an artist and I want to make art. And it's like, the truth (laughs) is that if nobody sees your art, if you can't connect to a large group of people, what's the point? You know, like then it's only for yourself. And for like, me, it was like, I want is to... Is it truly art if no one sees it? <laughs> yeah. Like, does it, does it, if it exists in a closet, you know, everybody has an idea. Everybody has an amazing story. But if it's just like in your closet at home or sitting on your bed... Right? It's no dead. It's not alive. So it's about reaching the most people you can, you know, and, and with... And I think the best stories are universal like that. It doesn't matter if it's mm. about a smaller community or, or a minority group or if it's a genre film. Great stories break barriers of whether you I absolutely agree. Everything should be about a great story. I don't care if these people you can write me a, a movie about the Smurfs. You give me a tragic Smurf story, I'm in it. You feel me? I'm in it. All right, give me a good tragic hardcore story that I could care. All right. Yes. So uh uh Andy, you were talking, giving me all these tidbits of how you know film school this, that. So how did you, you know, reel back a little, start getting on your creative journey? Yeah, I'm lucky to come from an artistic family. My grandfather was a successful painter. My dad was in the music industry for many years before he moved. Politics, music, painting. Look at this guy. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm all over the place. And I think that something that I've been very blessed to have in my life is a strong familial and community support to be very expressive and be very creative. Not everybody gets to go to a high school that's got an arts program. And I feel very blessed that I've always been surrounded by inspired and inspiring people. And I can't tell you how powerful it is to have a community of, of, of creators, of people who just want to bring beautiful things into the world and how much fire that can light in your heart to all, to add to that conversation. And I think that that's just a beautiful kind of way to participate in building community and building a meaningful life is through expressive art. I think both of our, we've met both of our families. We've known each other for 14 years or so. And I think okay. that's one thing that was probably the most beautiful that we had in common, which we had parents who said, I don't care what you do, follow your dreams and go make whatever you want to make. You know, like they, they want, they wanted us to tell stories and they wanted us to go to in- invest in art. You know, a lot of people are like, no way, absolutely not. You'll never make it. And I know like that's a- that's from the Latin side, you know, exactly. the arts is not something that it's seen as anything serious. Exactly. It's, clowny, it's not professional. What is that? Hey, you're going to make comics? Huh? Not yeah, exactly. I mean, to exactly. them, that's their whole, no respect of art. <laughs> I'm and like, I was very blessed because my father, so we, we have indigenous blood, Quechua Aymara from Bolivia, and storytelling is in our roots, you know. And so from the very beginning, he's like, you you are a storyteller. You were born a storyteller. And you have to tell not only your story, but stories to get people to connect in this world. So, I mean, we had very good role models in that way. 
Wonderful. So talk about that promance right there of you guys meeting and starting to, to, to create. I mean, how did this all happen? Dude, I love the promance. I've never heard that before. <laughs> and I think you're the first person to tell that to me, and I'm going to take that everywhere I go. Our <laughs> Professional romance. romance. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I mean, you can go first. We, we met in undergrad and it, we were just fast friends. I think that um, when two artists get in a room together and they're just like, I don't care what anybody says to us, we are just going to make it. Like the band is going to make it. That energy is magnetic um, and has carried us so yes. far. And it is so hard to get anybody to believe in you. But I can't tell you how yes. powerful it is to have an amazing creative partner who wakes up every day and goes, you are a good artist. You are making good art. And let's keep doing it. And it's called I psychomagnetism. Jim Steranko oh, yes. called it psychomagnetism. Your people of like mind will always. I, that's, it, that has been a powerful connection and has fueled every word on the page uh, that we've created since. It's just been a beautiful connection. Yeah, it's been pretty. It was crazy because I think when we first... It, we were first walked into a room together in college. I don't think anybody would be like, what? These two? Yeah. Why would they? Couldn't be but, more different. <laughs> you know, our backgrounds <laughs> are very different, but the stories that we love and the passion that we have and how we push each other. I think, you know, I, I when I was in high school, I interviewed Will Smith randomly. Uh, but what, one, what? Of the, okay. one of the things he said to me when I was a kid was like, you are who your friends are. And I was okay. like, I was like, okay. And then I thought about it. I'm like, oh, that's true. Like if you're surrounded by other people who are dragging you down or who aren't going to push you to be more successful, yeah. then, you know, where are you really going to? Where <laughs> so he, really must be he must be surrounded by people that like to slap, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> my dad in the music world would say, don't make your friends good musicians, make good musicians your friend. Yeah, true story. Oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Surround yourself with the best of the best. You know, be the dumbest mf in the room. Why not? Me, I love being that person. I don't care. I'll be there with a couple of water listening to everybody spilling that knowledge and let me gain the most, baby. I don't care. I got you. You know what I mean? I'll absorb it. Everybody yeah, has yo. something to teach you. The good, yes. the bad, you know. You we, learn. Just be a sponge. Yeah, that's all we should be. Let's instead of hate and try to understand and and just you know get it and you know move on, people. It's easy peasy. All right, let's get into the the project though. I want to know when does this baby start being born in you guys' mind? La marca de muerte. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, for for us, mark of death came from basically being inspired by grief and the question of you know when you lose someone you love or someone you care about you automatically go to, why is life so unfair? What's the reasoning for this loss? And where where do you find answers? And it's an impossible question to answer. You know, when you lose someone, there is no answer of why they deserve to go and you deserve to stay. And so we wanted to answer that question in a really beautiful way, but also action-packed comedy sort of way, where you take that question and give it an answer. You give it an answer. It's not just uh, that somebody was died. It was they were taken away from you. And there's an evil source of why that happened. And so we really bonded over this concept during the pandemic because, you know, we've lost people in our lives. And we were thinking, okay, how can we process a lot of our own grief for people that we've lost? And it really turned into this crazy, ridiculous, you know, <laughs> world full of serial killers and, you know, that you can summon like Pokemon. And, you know, it's, it's a very, it's a very dense world, but at its core, it really is a character study about a character, just Mark processing the loss of his wife, you know, the person he loved and going on a path of vengeance to oh, take responsible for her death. 
So, you know. When the real world wouldn't give us real answers, we decided to write a story that actually had answers so that we could hear our own closure. Make it, yeah, heck yeah, baby, make it happen. Heck yeah. Now, before I start showing off the beautiful, beautiful pages that you're about to present, I got to ask here, what's the pro-man's story on your artist? Oh, my gosh. So, uh, one of my mentors and best friends is Tony Anselmo. He's the voice of Donald Duck. He was an animator for Disney for years. Uh, he was one of the only, only animators and voice actors to voice and animate their own character. I mean, he worked on The Lion King. He was basically wow. raised at Disney. And, um, you know, we reached out to him and we're, we sent him the script. And he's like, oh, I have a great you know, recommendation for you. And that's how we were set, uh, set up with Stephen E. Gordon, who we sat down with Steve. And Steve was like, I'll read the script. And if, if I like it, I'll, I'll check it out. Uh, Steven's pedigree is amazing. Oh he was the original character designer for X-Men Evolution. Uh, what? He's worked, yeah. He's worked on the old oh. animated Lord of the Rings movies from the 70s. Oh, yeah. no. I just seen those recently, too. We lost them. <laughs> I'm yeah. like crazy the animation from it's then to now. So he has had an enormous, like we could not wow. go over all of his amazing accomplishments, but for 40 years, he's just been doing amazing things with Marvel, with X-Men, with all, and now he's doing directing work over at DreamWorks and uh, lots of really cool And stuff. working with you guys. Jesus and work with Christ. us. I work with I was watching Steve's work before I even knew Steve existed. Gargoyles. Gargoyles. Yeah. Oh. Like, you know, there was a Batman. right up there on the shelf. I got two of them. Yes, he was. He was the character designer for Gargoyles. I mean, Batman Sub Zero. You know, yeah. Ultimate Avengers. Oh, yes. You know, I mean, he's he's prolific, and his character design is incredible. And that's obviously. Yeah. I'm a big kid. I've seen all of those. <laughs> yeah. No, we love it. He's he is fantastic and so amazing to work with and so thoughtful. And there we go. Look how fantastic, folks. If you if this page does not make you say. <laughs> Holy shit! Nuts. I mean, look at this, and this is this is like a typical day in New York, almost. You know, what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> in my hand, you know, with that damn traffic. <laughs> I mean, it's it's such a fun story. He was able to bring so much to life for us in in things that we just never thought possible. So you know, there's so many different concepts concepts in the story, which is freezing time. Uh, it's controlling life and death of the cell phone. Everybody's given a predetermined amount of time. How do you it's express like some Black Mirror stuff? Oh my! Yeah, God. you know, it's like uh, Andrew describes it as you know. Uh, Death Note meets Men in Black a little bit. You know, we all have these oh, clocks over our head where we're not aware of it, but there's a secret society that kind of regulates it, kind of beneath and the surface. So, and this, I gotta ask. Oh, we lost him. Oh, I think you broke up a little bit there, Al. Having technical difficulties. Hmm? Maybe we're frozen. Al, can you hear us? We are here. Well, while we wait, Let's hold if, if we are still streaming live, we will hold up this beauty. <laughs> Mark of Death, Year of the Rap, Volume 1. Uh, for those watching... Uh, feel free to uh, take a look. We actually released it yesterday. It was the official release date. We had a release party uh, here in Los Angeles. We were so thrilled and people showed up. It was an absolute blast. And uh, what's amazing about it is that even the pre-orders we sold out online, which is really amazing, just the, the first batch, it was 
the love for independent comics is just uh, endlessly deep. I mean, I can't believe how amazing the entire comic book community has been from start to finish, just like meeting people from local comic book stores and other artists. And man, it is such a great community to be a part of. And everybody, I mean, just the way that artists support other artists and they just go, I, because it does take so much work. I think that's something that people don't really talk about too much, which is, you know, you're like, I'm going to make a comic. And then you realize what that means going into it, which is, you know, we talk about working with Stephen Gordon. You go on a journey of just being able to look what frames are important. What added beats do you need to have there to make sure that you are tracking the character's progression and journey? You know, how are these characters represented? Is the emotion uh, correctly conveyed? Does do the frames make sense? You know, is every page a page turner? Oh my goodness! Like we put so much care into this to make every page like worthy of your attention to go on to the next one, and you know, and then we have a lot of two pagers, you know, and that's something that you know, there's just so much art. And Steve, again, I mean, this is a prime example of the type of work that he puts into everything that he does where it's so clear to see. And of course I should, we should have mentioned beforehand. It's a very violent, definitely rated R. (laughs) It's a little bit of a violent comic, uh, but it has to deal with death, which is you kind of can't get away from dealing with violence when it comes to to death. (laughs) So, you know, one of the things is that we do kill a lot of people in the, the comic, of course, in fun and really exciting ways. And I think that's the other part, which is not, to just create something that's gratuitous for gratuity's sake. It's about making sure that everything is incredibly relevant to the characters and their journeys and also make it funny. Yeah. I mean, in every episode kind of really does, every issue really promises a new and interesting ways to uh, confront your own mortality and kill characters uh, in uh, story-driven, interesting ways. Um, yeah. And uh, we really want everybody to go out and, uh, Get a copy because honestly, it's it's dark, but it's also incredibly uplifting in a very strange way. I mean, we give yeah. it a major cliffhanger. I think that's the other part of it too. And there's mystery, intrigue, action, <laughs> exploding. There's babies peeing on Mark. I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah. they, he 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 basically gets the ringer of of a life, which is I think what sends him down a spiral. Which is where do you find meaning when the person that gave you meaning is gone? And, you know, he really spirals down this path of being incredibly distraught and depressed. And all he wants to do is die. (laughs) You know, that feeling of when you have nowhere else to go. But, of course, he discovers very quickly that he can't die. He can't die. He's being kept alive with borrowed time, something that is totally forbidden. And that's when, of course, he meets the order. So, you know, that's... There's a. I don't want to give too many spoilers. I think you know you want to give a. We want to give a taste here, uh, and you know I'm sure Al will be like, yeah. Did you guys keep going and give away the entire? <laughs> but issue one is really Mark peeking behind the the veil of reality and realizing how profoundly different the real world is from his perceived world and how life and death doesn't work the way he thinks it works. And I think that's really our journey as artists, which is we walked into this project with some preconceived notion of what, what life and death really meant. And this whole process has been this beautiful discovery of, of what that is. Hey Al, you're back. Well, hopefully I'm back. It's crappy internet. Sorry. Don't worry. We kept going. We've been, we've been, you know, we've been, we've been riffing. You know, Al, you set us up so beautifully at the beginning. You're like, this is about going deep. <laughs> oh, we're going deep. <laughs> so we, we were talking about the it's, comic. It's because... Beautiful. 
That's what I want you guys to do. That's what I love. A guest that just know how to handle it. I was out, no worries. I got it. You take care of it. And showing off this beautiful. And I wanted to say, uh, like uh, on this, the third panel on the second page, very McFarlane-ish. Oh, yeah. It's, 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 it's very, a lot of, what I love about most of the comedy that's buried into this work is that uh, it's definitely not very subtle. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but you know, we were we were just talking about how you know you you dive into this process of creating a comic book, and it's so much more complex uh, than really you, you ever think it would be. You know, everybody wants to start making a comic, and then you start working with these amazing artists, and that's one thing we really wanted to do is ensure that we worked with people who could elevate the project uh, in a way that was meaningful and made sure that it was the best thing it could be. And gosh, Steve delivered. Oh my goodness. The the, the art is just unparalleled. Yeah. I mean, his talent is very, very clear. So I'm so sorry, guys. I got like a very bad signal on my side up on hearing you. So um I'm gonna leave the link. Oh, I think he disappeared. <gasps> <gasps> Comic Crusaders. You know, it's I think this is actually part of uh the shtick. It's so that we actually are now hosting. <laughs> well, and this, we'll use this opportunity. What I love about this page, man, shout out to our graphic designer, Maiseta, who really yeah. helped bring some life to representing what the time codes look like above each person. Finally. Hey, hey welcome back. Now I'm back. Now I decided to, to, to Spectrum. Ooh, I'm not going to give you a nasty call after this show. <laughs> oh, no, Spectrum. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Now they're going to feel the wrath of Mega, baby. They have no idea what they've just done to me. How dare they interrupt what I talk with this amazing duo here. You know what? Honestly, it's, it's actually a blast. You got to roll with the punches. Just okay. like in the creative process, you got to roll with the punches. You got to. You got to. And who does your lettering, man? Because that's something that definitely stands out. You know, we reached out to an incredible letterer. Okay, so this will be an admittance here. We went on, one of the suggestions we got was to go on, was it Fiverr? Yeah. Fiverr. Um, And so Reinhard Bouchan did our lettering. And super pro. Super amazing. I mean, just an incredible human being. And, you know, we, (laughs) at first we were like, we'll do the lettering. Oh my gosh, it's so impossibly hard. Uh, that's and time not, consuming. And time consuming. I mean, it is it is an art too. It's very is. much. How can you keep because uh, it's about the art and how how can you see the full image without letting the dialogue distract from or compete? Yeah, like the right size text, the right size bubbles, where they flow, the reading experience. Man, we we put a lot of effort in making the reading experience of this graphic novel uh, enjoyable and keeps the eye moving. And man. Uh, Reinhardt definitely delivered. Definitely. Yeah, it's, it's It was a lot of fun and also collaborative in a lot of ways, which is, you know, creating each individual panel. And I think we probably have a lot more dialogue than a lot of other comics. We pack a lot into every page. We pack a lot into every frame. Well, and now it's a double issue. So that's, the, you know, the other thing, which is yeah. we wanted to start with a bang, basically. Yeah. Which is we wanted to give people... Uh, a full experience of what this series was going to be like. Um, and I think that was a lot of fun. So and show off that book again, show off that cover. Oh, right yeah. Look at that. What? Get into... <laughs> Getting to focus, right? Yeah, there it is. It's good looking. And, I, and how thick is that baby? Whippa. I got a real spine. It's about 65 pages. 
Oh, beautiful. Look at that. What? A bag for your buck right there. What? Yeah, well, and that's the thing is that, you know, usually these comics get priced incredibly high, but we said to ourselves, you know, we'll make this $5.99 so that everybody can read it. You know? What? <laughs> yeah. $5.99 for six. Marvel will be charging almost $12 for that same amount. <laughs> So, you know, it's uh we're very, very excited about people getting a chance to see it because once you get into the world, I mean, you need that time. You need that page count to really get his journey, get the depth of the plot, understand how this new world that we're presenting works and introduce the villains for the first time. And I think that was, you know, we're like, okay, let's just go go for gold. I can't we can't do this in what 15 pages, 30 pages. Uh let's let's go big or go home. So, gotcha. So, is this world gonna get extended, you know, beyond this initial 64 page baby? Absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah. We have, you know, our first arc kind of written out. We're in the process of uh coming out the uh next issues, and okay, you know, it's in it's in the works. We're simultaneously promoting this and working on the next next few issues. So, and what's the plan then overall, the uh issue run wise? So total, it's going to be 36 issues. What? 36? Holy shit. You know, most books don't even get past 20 nowadays. So, yay, I'm looking forward to this. Well, see, you know, we, we call it like in seasons almost because, you know, we come back from film and television background. So we're like, okay, season one is the first 12 issues. Season two is okay. the next 12 issues, you know. Um, and so they get obviously pretty epic. It's a very large, fun story which with a lot of action. And I think that's what makes it really exciting. And I think we really, we live in the world where we love stories with closure. So we definitely, we start the story off with a really compelling mystery. And by the end of the series, we answer all of the questions. There are no loose ends. It, it Everything gets solved. And we've put a lot of diligent effort into not only having a lot of really great characters and storylines, but to to actually fully resolve them and not leave anybody hanging about anything. So, so what I'm reading from that now is that we have 36 issues to fall in love and get our hearts broken. Because you, you're about to devastate us, aren't you? Absolutely, it's devastating. Def- a lot of death, <laughs> a lot of grief, <laughs> a lot of love. Well, you know, it's interesting. A lot of comic book stories start with you know these young characters who are excited about the world or want to bring forth justice and you know get the opportunity to do so, or you know they experience loss in some way. But what's interesting about Mark is that he's kind of, and I, I this word gets thrown around a lot, which is antihero. But you know, he really is a character who is all of us in a way that like he doesn't, he isn't a hero and, and he, and I won't give away too much of the, of the twist <laughs> at the end of this first issue, but um, he gets picked for a very specific reason. And it's not necessarily because of his capability. It's not because he's the chosen one. It's not that narrative. Uh, but what he ends up going on is can a person rise to the challenge uh, when they're put in an incredible situation. And when what he learns is, I mean, and I think the bigger question, which is not giving away anything, which is who should be in charge of who lives and who dies. And, and that's one of the biggest questions that we tackle throughout the series, which is we all think that we could make the world a better place. But given the power, how would you wield it? And there's so much conflict that enters when you are introduced to that concept, which is like everybody be like, oh, I kill all the bad people. You know, and it's like, well, what world yeah. are you creating? Yeah, easy. You know, and who's bad? And who's bad? And, and that's the best stories to us have, you know, villains who you empathize with, 
You know, oh, like well, Thanos. I was like, I'm with Thanos. <laughs> you, you understand them, absolutely. I mean, yes. if you would see myself back there, basically those are all villains that I, Megatron, Skeletor, Cobra, Dreadnoughts. <laughs> yeah. All I got is villains on myself. I can't help it. They have the best stories and they only lose because, well, they got to teach you morality tales, right? <laughs> and I think a really great twist in this world is most heroes are out to save people. But in our world, the reason chaos and suffering kind of exists is because people are living beyond their time because somebody is manipulating who lives and who dies. So the way to make the world a better place, at least at first, is to kill people, is to take them out of because they've been living too long. And so that kind of really starts to unpack a complicated web of like, am I doing the right thing by taking a life? And it's the thing that's (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, and then you have people who go and buy time. You know, and these are part of the the kind of outer ring of our main central villains, which is they go and they steal time, you know, from kids and families and, and See, whoever because they want to live forever. I'm just laughing now, thinking not, not people would open their door less on a Saturday morning. You know, not only for the Billy Jehovah's Witnesses, you know, you come to mark for death. Time's up, buddy. <laughs> you know, at that time, I'll be like, please, I wish it was Jehovah's Witness and not this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, it's a it's a blast of a comic, and and we want people to enjoy the world. And there's so many things that we think people wait. are just going to think about, you know, as as they go through it. And again, well, and so is, is Stephen also signed up to to work with you guys on a 36 issue journey. You know, yeah, we already talked about issue two together. I mean, he loves this. Yeah, you know, that is going to uh, be so awesome. We're going to be at San Diego Comic Con. Steve's going to be hey. You took my next question. Yeah. So is that the next convention you're going to be chilling at? Or yes. Yes. Right before? Yeah, we're going to be we're going to be in San Diego Comic-Con. Um, we're going to be represented on a panel there talking about Mark of Death. Um, nice. We're going to be at the Bliss on Tap publishing booth. We'll also be over at Stephen Gordon's booth. He'll be signing copies. Uh, yeah. with a lot of, we are going to announce some amazing variant covers by some really great comic book artists. Look at these teasers. Te- you better go to San Diego, folks. <laughs> so you got to go to San Diego uh, and get an exclusive San Diego variant cover for... Oh, cool. Death Year of the Rat, which is 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 beautiful. really so, beautiful. So, is this your first con? Like, you know, is comic creators and putting a product out there and boothing and all? We did WonderCon. Yeah, we we went to oh, WonderCon. We did WonderCon. Nice. We didn't have a booth ourselves, because right. uh, it because it wasn't released at the time. But uh, we Steve the, Gordon did, yeah. and then oh, I, uh, I was on a panel to talk about you know kind of the film and television industry and working with different IPs, whether it be games becoming movies or TV shows like the last of us, or whether it's comics becoming television series, you know, and for us, that's the path that we see for this is having, you know, this amazingly large comic series that's filled with action and adventure and then translating that onto the screen, you know, cause that's really one of the reasons why we love the comic book medium so much is because you can, Anything you can imagine, you can put on that page. Oh, it's so good. You know? it's so great. In, in television where, you know, a lot of the times you're restricted in what you can do. Absolutely. Like, oh, I want to do this. And then you hear that, well, um, you know. <laughs> oh, God, no. <laughs> I mean, I would love to see the cover scene happen as soon as the movie starts. Somebody's mouth getting ripped open. Oh, hey, what's going on? <laughs> what are we walking into here? If you open, I, if you and with somebody taking a photo, this is proof that eight, you know, <laughs> old, old man Abe is gone. He, he expired. 
<laughs> well, you know, that was the the funny thing is we wanted to create something that was so tangible for people and the cell phone became the biggest tool yeah. in Mark of Death, which is, you know, Mark starts as a process server wherever, you know, he delivers papers to people and he takes their picture to, you know, guarantee that he served them. And, and then, of course, he's like, oh, my gosh, I never have to do this job that I hated ever again. And then it's like, well, yeah, well, here's how it works with death. You you, you take a picture. <laughs> yeah, use oh. a cell phone. <laughs> Confirm the kill and, yeah. you're, and you're off. All right, buddy. Like Jesus Christ, yeah. what did I get myself? I, I want to do a selfie. Hey, selfie, serve. Hey, <laughs> serve. Smile. <laughs> I, had a, I had a brother-in-law that did that. He said that, that he he only lasted like a week. He says, "Nah, man, people chase you." I'm like what? <laughs> I bet. I bet. He goes, "People chase you." I'm good. He goes, "I, I can't be running like this. I'm getting too old." <laughs> Well, you know, that's why he chose, you know, Mark kind of has that job where everybody hates him. Yeah. You know, so at the beginning, he, he hates himself and everybody else hates him because, he, you know, he's serving papers. Yeah. We <laughs> wanted a character who wanted to serve justice, but in the worst way possible. Yeah. <laughs> Man, is that being served? All right. But yeah, there's going to be 36 issues of goodness from Bliss on Tap. I mean, 64 pager out now, available now. The link's below. It's also on screen. Look how easy. Go to bliss.publishing.square.site. You can look up Mark of Death Volume 1. Just Google that bad boy. You're going to see that gorgeous cover. You know what I mean? And it's going to be a wrap. You guys are going to be digging it. All right? You know I mean? You see, you see, you see the teasers in the background behind them as they show off. You know, that, that war <laughs> porn back there. You know what I mean? So, And, of course, they're going to do the next con. Now, this is the last question, guys. You know, you guys have been doing your thing. You are passionate, smiling, and happy. I love this. You got to have this wonderful energy. You know, that it goes to show you have this strong belief in your project, and I love that. So what type of advice would you give, you know, them youngins trying to step into the game right now, too? I think the most powerful thing about anybody's artistic journey is to celebrate every milestone and step forward. It's easy for us to be really excited about our completed novel, but there are a lot of roadblocks along the way that could have stopped us. Getting the script made, securing an artist, getting that first page in, all of those are valuable, amazing experiences and deserve celebration because to get any art brought into this world is a labor of love and it should always be celebrated. Yeah, it's definitely, it was a, it was a, it's a marathon, yes. not a race. And if when you're going to do it, I tell everybody, don't do anything without giving it every single part of yourself. You know, so many people want to take shortcuts to deliver whatever it is they have because they want to just get to the final product and get to the finish line. But great work takes time. And it also takes incredible collaborators. I mean, this this comic would not have been possible without an incredible tribe of people, a group of people who are our friends, our family, mentors, people who will read over and say, does this make sense? Does this not make sense? You know, being careful with, you know, what you put in the comic to make sure that also you're being representative of not only your voice, but everyone else's voice. You know, you want to create something that speaks to everybody and is beautiful and accessible. Um, And so I think it's not only just celebrating every step of the way, but making sure that the time, energy, and effort you put into this is well used, you know. Absolutely agree. Uh, wonderful words there. So let me just say that as a fan to creators, thank you guys for being so brave and bold and sharing your journey, your story, and your vision with us. I appreciate the crap out of it. You've made a fan out of me, and I can't wait to get my own copy over here at the website, Bliss on Top Publishing. 
I mean, sort of love. And I hope to see you come over to the East Coast cons as well one day. You know, come over to New York, man. I get some good pizza, and, and I, and I want to pick up a signed copy of the book, all right? Yes, absolutely. Pizza's on us, Al. <laughs> uh, yeah, a real slice. You know, I, where you guys live, you're probably not getting some good slices right no, now. No, it's all tacos here. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, good tacos, though. Oh, I mean, best tacos. <laughs> yeah, I'm, oh, man, now you're making me hungry. I can't, you know what? I got two things to do. It's so spectrum and get some tacos, all right, from around here. I, I, I got to find a good spot. I can't do it. <laughs> I'm <laughs> So, uh, well, folks, I've been showing these off. You got to show support and love to amazing independent creators right here. Go and follow L on Instagram, the Leon Nostas. All right. I don't know the name, El Leon, which translates to the lion. <laughs> <Epa! saying>. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and of course, you can follow, uh, follow Andrew on Instagram as well at the pens, the pens. Well, that sounds so yo. It, right? it, it sounds like a like a goomba from Brooklyn back in the day. Like, you know, somebody like like yo. You seen the pens around? Yeah, yeah. I don't know what the pens is at. <laughs> I love it. And, and of course, you know, buy the book over here. And do you know that the book also has its own Instagram? So check out Mark of Death Comic on Instagram. You get teased with beautiful art and more. They already told you they dropped in some variants. Maybe they'll do some early teas in there as well. Wepa, all right. You know what it is. Uh, appreciate you guys very much. Thank you for Thank coming you. on to my fellow crusaders. Thank you for watching and tuning in again. Show the love, support independent, subscribe, turn on notifications. All right, hasta la próxima, mi gente. Much love. Thank you for listening to the Comic Crusaders podcast. If you like the content, please subscribe and turn on notifications. Also, please visit ComicCrusaders.com and our extended podcast family over at UndercoverCapes.com. And also, make sure to download the Comic Crusaders app on the Google Play Store today.